0: Greetings, folks. How are you doing? It's Joe Driscoll back with Salt City Grind, a podcast exploring all the issues here in the 315 in the Syracuse area. Uh, For those of you who are unfamiliar with the podcast, you can go to the website, saltcitygrind.com. We're available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and, of course, here on Facebook. Um, Today, I'm joined by my friend and colleague. Uh, He's surprised to be called the Honorable Ronnie White Jr., (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but he was, uh, uh it, it is a fun feeling, right? I remember the first time I saw honorable in front of my name and I was, I was a little bit, uh, you know, excited, confused, a lo- lot of emotions, but
1: yeah, it, it definitely, it definitely took me back a little bit. You know, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, you, you work for, you know, you're, you're, you're putting your, you know, your best foot forward to try and, you know, achieve these things and these titles. And, and then all one day you've got it. And there is that honorable in front of your name and you're just like, Oh, wow, that's,
0: that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know my teachers in high school never thought the word honorable would be in front of my name. I'm pretty positive of oh, that. Yeah, who are, you,
1: who are you telling, man? And who are you telling? People or VV? <laughs>
0: So you know, I've had a, I had a couple of meetings. TNT. I think I messaged you. TNT Eastside wanted to uh, to get to know you. You know, and uh, for folks that are engaged in the political system that haven't gotten across your path yet. Why don't you just give like folks a little background? Um, you know where you're from, some trajectory of how you, uh, you know, um, how you ended up in Syracuse, and 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 some of those stories about you
1: know your origin story and where you come from. Okay, sure, yeah. Um, so I originally um, grew up small. Uh, well, it's not a really small suburb. It's actually quite quite a large suburb, um, but a suburb of Chicago uh, called Oak Park, Illinois. Um, I live there from when i was about three uh i was right around 15 or so um originally from a, a single uh family household or single parent household i guess i should say um mom and dad split up when i was quite young um and that's kind of what took us out into the uh, oak park area um went to school there for a little while wasn't doing so hot <laughs> socially um, and, uh, my mom had an opportunity to move down to the Atlanta area. Uh, so, so she took it. Um, so that, um, led me down to live, to live in Atlanta. Uh, and I lived in Atlanta, uh, from when I was about 15, uh, right up until I came here, uh, for law school. Um, so, you know, while I was, uh, down South, um, very active uh, in sports. Right. Uh, I was uh, like a wrestler, um, varsity wrestler, um, went to nationals a couple times. A lot of people don't really know that. Um, it was fun. It was really, it was really, really kind of my, my, um, my thing there. Um, but I guess in some ways being, being that caliber of an athlete kind of went to my head a little bit and <laughs> I continued to, to really make the, always make the right decisions. And I um, ended up getting in some trouble. Uh, my senior year, uh, which led to me getting um, expelled from all sports, interestingly enough. Right. So, I, I you know, I was in the orchestra. Um, I was, you know, a varsity wrestler. I was um, uh, on the debate team. Uh, and the trouble I ended up getting into um, ended up barring me participating in um, both wrestling and also the debate team, which is really kind of crazy because if you got a kid that's, you know, kind of struggling a little bit, right, you know, with some issues you well, can take away like the the one academic thing that like is, is positive for them but you know i you know like it happened right right, right. Um, you know, but after after that i really kind of sucked out my um motivation to um really participate in school and uh things like that so you know i um due to my train like having the transferring from you know illinois down to georgia uh, it really kind of messed up my credits. Um, I wasn't a bad student, um, not necessarily motivated, but I wasn't bad by any means. Um, but due to um, transferring and then transferring schools, once I was in Georgia, I was uh, had enough credits to be on grade level, but I wasn't able to um, graduate on time. Um, I came back for my fifth senior year, but in uh, another, Round of great decisions that I made. Um, I had decided, you know, to move out from my mom's house in between during that summer. I move in with some friends of mine, and you know, uh, because the school considered me emancipated, I could pretty much do whatever I want. So, I right, I was writing notes. I was writing myself sick notes. You know, um, none of my friends were, you know, in, in school at the time. Right, where they graduated. Uh, I think, I think, um, and only like one or two of us at the time were actually going to college, like, you know, we were supposed to or whatever. Um, so I just didn't have it in me. And one day I, I was late to school and, you know, I got there and my, I think I was actually in home ec class <laughs> of all things. And my teacher, my teacher was, uh, you know, asking me, hey, you know, Ronnie, uh, you know, you were, you were late. You have a parent's note. And I was like, I got your parent's note and pulled out my notepad and Writing my and I'm sitting there writing my note and I was just like you know I don't I don't have to do this right why why am I doing this right I'm not gonna go to school for another year you know to to get my college prep degree as I called it so I could go on and go to college um, and I was you know studying for this vocational degree and I was like well what's a, what's a vocational degree gonna get me I don't I don't need this um, so that exact same day I marched myself down to the administrative office and checked myself out of school for forever. Um, <laughs> Terrible decision. Right. Like, you know, it's one of those things like going back on it. Like, why, why would you ever, ever, ever do that? Right. Stick it out, right. kid. Right. Like, hey, right. why'd you leave your mom's house? Right. You got it made. Right. Like she's paying for everything. Right. Like I had a car. Right. You know, all my food and stuff taken care of. Um, but, you know, I, I thought I I thought I knew it all. Um, As you do. I, I think that comes with that age. You know, I think
0: we're, right when you're uh, 18, 19, you're, you're pretty my friend Colin always used to say you should write a book now before uh, wh- while you still have everything figured out. You know, before before, <laughs> before you grow up. You know, <laughs> yeah. next
1: year, you, kind of,
0: you have every answer. You know, write
1: it down now because you, you get certainly confused in a year or two. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so you know, from there, I um, I started getting a lot into music at that point in time. Um, so I um, <laughs> spent the last of the. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually funny. thing about it, spent the last of my you know college fund <laughs> on uh, two turntables and a mixer. <laughs> there you go. Right, and I uh, taught myself how to DJ. Right. So, um, and then I spent you know several the next several years um, kind of playing uh, raves and clubs um, as a DJ, and was kind of using that to uh, get by. Um, when I eventually kind of figured out that you know there, if you're going to Follow that lifestyle, and especially the club lifestyle. Um, it, it's really one that 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 lends itself to you being out five, six days a week, right? right? After that politics game, right? You gotta, you know, stay in front of the club promoters, right? Um, like that, and you know, it just got really old, you know, after after a while, you know, and a couple couple of close calls there, you know, where you know I could have, you know, ended up incarcerated. Um, and didn't, and I really kind of decided at that point that I should, you know, kind of turn turn things around, um, and at that point, I, I decided to get my GED.
0: Yeah, so how did it go? I mean, it seems like a, uh, you know, a, a sharp turn going from, you know, that musical life, uh, late nights, you know, DJing at the clubs till, till the wee hours, as I know those, those, uh, those gigs go, to, you know, ending up at, at Syracuse Law School. What was it that, you know, kind of turned the boat for you and made you, you know, go from point A to point
1: B there? Um, well, I mean, like I was just kind of describing it, it was really the the desire that I got it. I have to do something, yeah. right. I can't, you know, you know, all throughout. So yeah, I was, you know, DJing and stuff, but I was also picking up odd jobs. You know, um, I think one, one summer, a buddy and I, we washed trucks, like, you know, those, um, uh, I don't know, I can't think of it like, you know, the delivery truck type trucks, right? Like almost like U-Haul type trucks. We did that for a little while, right? Um, You know, waited tables, was bussing, doing all this stuff, and you know, I got I got to a point where I was working in, you know, worked my way up in that world to where I was working fine dining, and you know, the the restaurant I was working at at the time was actually an Emeralds restaurant, uh, believe it or not, down in Atlanta. Um, We 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 serviced a, a high, you know, high you know clientele, right? And you know, I'm sitting there and I'm just like, you know what's what's the difference between these people and me, right? You know, I can speak just as well as them. You know, I walk by, I, I hear, and I, I can understand the conversations that they're having. Why can't I do that, right? Um, and so I, I, at that point, I really decided that, you know, I, I need to go back, not just to, to any kind of school, but I need to go back to a four-year university, um, which uh, ended up being quite a struggle because in Georgia, you're not allowed, um, if you have a GED, to go straight to a four-year university. You had to go to a two-year first, um, and transfer in, um, which is crazy because, you know, I think I scored like a, you know, a 1220 on the SATs, right? You know, I think I had a two eight coming out of high school, right? So I, I definitely would have gotten in somewhere had I stuck through it, um, right. but because I, you know, again, knew it all, um, I had to do things the hard way.
0: And so which university did you go to first? And then how did that, at what point did you decide that law, you know, you wanted to, to take uh, education that step further and go for the law degree?
1: Well, I ended up so I ended up having to I ended up going to Devry University uh, first. It had become a university at that point. Um, and and that really came about because I ended up back at my mom's house and she was um, basically like either you're going to join the military or you're going back to school. And that yeah. was a pretty easy choice, right? So you know, and again, I didn't know what, what to do. And I had a, uh, a mild interest uh, or a pretty large interest at the time in computers. Um, so uh, was, it seemed like a natural fit. But once I got to DeVry, I quickly realized that that program wasn't what it was advertised to be. Um, it wasn't quite for me. And um, I started working to make sure I took enough credits so that then I could transfer uh, to Georgia State University where I ended up going. Um, nice. There was some, there was some like, Discrepancies with my application. So it ended up actually taking me a couple years uh, to get into Georgia State. Um, But once I did, um, then I went um, straight for five years and then ended up at um, Syracuse. Uh, And I guess I would say what led me to decide uh, to pursue the law is that I just wanted more, right? You know, I got really engrossed uh, into my program, I was a history major. Uh, I, I really loved the reading i really loved the writing um and uh you know you know me so i can <laughs> i also like the you know occasional argument um even though it's not really like a, a, a great skill for an attorney you could be an attorney if you don't like to argue but you know at the time that's all i knew um and you know i just i wanted i wanted more for myself and so then i decided to double major in political science um so i could you know really kind of learn um you know, what the system was, you know, what the system was all about. Um, and, um, and then from there it was, uh, you know, on and popping. Yep. So take us from there.
0: So how, um, when did you decide that you wanted to be involved in politics? You know, we brought you on here because you're the most recent addition to the Syracuse common Councilor, or you're the counselor at large representing the whole city. For those who are unfamiliar, the council system works that there are uh, district representatives, and then they're at large. So you you'll represent the whole city uh, with disappointment. appointment. What made you you know want to get involved in the politics? Or you had to ring for council, and and what skill sets do you think you'll you'll um, you know will make you valuable when you when you go on to the council while, as you
1: you know started here? Sure. Um, well, I mean, I guess I would, I'd say you know even back in, in in high school, you know, one of the only <laughs> areas in which I like excelled um was the social sciences and you know I, I was lucky enough to get recommended into an honors government class um and you know once i did that i i, I was hooked right so you know all the way way back then I, i've always kind of considered myself a bit of a uh, political junkie right so i've always you know followed very um closely at, at least the national news at that point right what's what's going on with the, you know the presidential the presidential races what's going on, in the, on the senate and the house Right. Um, and I was just very, very, very focused on on, on those things. Um, but once I once I got to law school, well, actually, and, and, and the whole point of me going to law school in my in my mind originally um, was that I wanted to work in Congress. Right. I wanted to be a legislative aide or or on a congressman's staff. Right. Helping to write legislation, um, helping to get it passed. Right. That that was really kind of my main goal. Um, But I took a little detour um, because uh, in law school, I I had the opportunity to um, do an internship with the uh, New York State Attorney General's office. And, you know, coming from my background where there were no attorneys that I was ever really exposed to except for at those lunches at Emerald's, right, um, I really had no idea what an attorney, you know, does day to day. And in, in doing that, you know, do, doing this internship, I, I learned that I liked the actual practice of law, right? I liked the idea of, of, of writing a motion to, you know, help whatever person out, out of their particular problem, right? I liked the idea of, you know, thinking about how do I use this established body of law um, to achieve my goals or how do I advocate for a change in the law, right? Um, so that's, that's what kind of got me into, into being a trial attorney. But once I, once I got out uh, of law school and, you know, I had a lot more time to think about things, um, I really again, I really again, I wanted more and, you know, I wanted to be not just connected to the community, but I wanted to, to do what I could, right. To make sure that the interests of the community that I, I lived in um, was really being advanced. Right. So, um, Interesting aside, while I was in law school, um, I lived on uh, on the near west side, right, um, Onondaga and Slocum. And um, I don't know if many people know, I mean, hoping, you know, Syracuse area, but that's not that's not necessarily the best area, right? Yeah. And, you know, I would, you know, walk <laughs> from Onondaga and Slocum, you know, through and past the bricks, up the hill, back down every single day. And, you know, it, it just was, it, it, it was shocking to me just how different it was once you got underneath that viaduct and up that hill, right? Yeah. And, you know, you, you come, you know, you do that every day for three years, and it's it's hard not to just think about how differently the people there are treated and and and, and wondering who is advocating on, on their behalf, right? Um, so, you know, I really just kind of decided at, at that point, you know, I'm going to do something about this when I can. Right. And so I I slowly started to get involved, kind of nibbled around the the edges there. Got, you know, um, again, not, not being from here, you know, it it can be a hard, you know, a hard community to crack, so to speak. Right. Um, you know, if you don't really know where to start, it's not very, um, opaque here. Um, but I, on good recommendation of, uh, the now judge Cuffy. Um, who was who was my boss at the time at the county attorney's office? Um, I said, you know, I said to him, you know, uh, Gordon, I I really want to get involved. You know, I, I think I can help, and and what can I do? And he said, well, I'm not really sure, but I think you should start here. And and what he handed me was a flyer for the Political Leadership Institute. Nice. Right? Um, yeah, and that's that's how I got involved with PLI. Um, and I took that class, and it and it really gave me um, a an understanding of what actually what actually goes on in, in any sort of you know local political campaign um but also especially what goes on here in in New York right because i think New York's a lot different than a lot of different other places um and it also put me in touch with a number of other people who were then able to help me expand my network um to be able to get more involved right yeah um, yeah
0: and- shout out to PLI you know i t- i took the uh the PLI course as well and and uh, found it, you know, super instructive and super helpful. Definitely.
1: Yeah. So you know, from there, um, it was really just a matter of, you know, what's next, right? So I, jo- I joined the committee. Um, you know, look, look, again, looking to figure out again, how do I, how do I get more involved, right? Because you know, you know, PLI isn't isn't a instruction booklet on how to yeah. do things, right? It, it's you know, you still need <laughs> some guidance and assistance from there. Right, so I joined the committee, um, and then I was you know, browsing Facebook one day, and uh, you know, my now good friend uh, Mike Green posted that he was looking uh, for a campaign manager, um, and I decided to you know take that on and and you know to help him you know get elected. And from then then on, I, I've just been very deeply um, connected to uh, Democratic politics here here in the city.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit like when uh, when you talk about you know, what a lawyer does day to day, what t- particular for those folks who, who are unfamiliar, what particular type of law uh, did you practice and, and what does you know, a typical day, a typical week look like?
1: Uh, well, you know, I've always considered myself a, a trial attorney, right? Um, and I guess the, the difference—the difference being, you know, there's kind of trial attorneys and there's kind of transactional attorneys, right? That's like the the, the broadest um, you know dichotomy that you can draw with the with those. Um, and and, and a trial attorneys is, is 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 somebody that you know it may not always necessarily end up in court, but it is somebody that's you know. A court, a court, a court-based attorney, right? They they go to court, right? They they're there to advocate really on their client's behalf. Um, whereas a you know a transactional attorney is more you know drafting documents, right? You know wills, trusts, contracts, leases. Um, I currently do a little bit of both now that um, I have my own little general practice, um, but yeah. my main focus uh, is on court-based work. Um, so
0: wait, wait- when you go to trial, what would be the typical type of cases you'd be? You know, what would your clients be in, in the courtroom
1: for, generally? Well, uh, so initially, my initial trial-based work was was really based started uh, with my work for the county, right? Um, I used to represent uh, child protective services um, in abuse and neglect cases. Um, so our, our 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 focus there was on protecting uh, the children, right, and, and figuring out uh, a were the children harmed in some cognizable way right? And then B, what services could the court uh, order in order to assist the family um, to better able to protect protect their children? So I did a lot of that. Um, but eventually, I um, started taking on some uh, t- more, I wouldn't say tougher, but uh, cases in which the county was getting sued, right? So I was ending up in front of a jury right so those those family court cases usually are just in front of a judge so it's not really it's not super public you know very much smaller courtroom um, but then I kind of took on um, you know bigger cases that when which the county was getting sued uh, which necessitated, necessitated me getting in front of the jury uh, and learning and learning how to you know talk and, and do things there and I got I gotta say man it, there is nothing there is if you're an attorney right especially a trial attorney there is no greater feeling um, than arguing a case in front of a jury, right? It's it's there's something about you know b- being able to connect with these people um, and you know getting your point across, you know, while you've got somebody else presenting their side, right? It's you know it's very you know competitive and um, you know and head on, but yeah. you know I think most of most of my day day these days really consists of uh, client contact, right? So you know um, making phone calls with my clients, you know emails, text messaging them, and then appearing and then appearing in court. Um, almost daily um, to try and, you know, move their case along and get a resolution that actually does not involve a trial, right? You know, that's that's one thing that's very different from my practice now is that, you know, my goal is to try and get everything resolved. And I think usually you want things resolved before trial, but getting that I do a lot of criminal defense now, I really... Try not to let clients get in front of a jury or even in front of a judge, you know, on a bench trial because they're just unpredictable and you never know, you know, yeah, what yeah. exactly is going to happen.
0: If, if the compromise can be reached by other means, that's that's preferable and ideal. Certainly. Um. um so we just had a couple of questions that people have posted online. Uh, one is that uh, who is the counsel going to use for legal advice now? Um, so we, maybe we can talk on that. And then the other question was, are you still working as an attorney? So to clarify, Ronnie still is uh, practicing law and doing his thing, uh, regularly Council, for those who are unfamiliar is, is meant to be a part-time gig, but for anyone who signs up for it, you're pretty much <laughs> signing up for two full-time jobs, one of them paying less than whatever your other full-time job is. Um, but, uh, it's, it's a, it's a fun gig. We love it. So, uh, we could, you know, maybe touch on the fact that, um, you know, you were for a brief time there, uh, the council, uh, passed legislation to, uh, to, uh, you know uh, get its own legal representation for those circumstances for those who are not familiar with how the, the system works traditionally the councilors go to the corporation council the city's law team, the mayor's law team uh, to work with them on legislation and concepts but should there arise uh, situations where um, you know corporation council and the common council disagree uh, we felt it necessary to have our own legal representation. Uh, and for the brief amount of time you were, you were on, um, you helped draft the, the right to know legislation, which was, which was a big issue here in the city of Syracuse. So maybe, uh, if you wanted to touch on your time as, as the council's representative and and how that went and, you know, your feelings
1: about right to know. Sure. Um, well, uh, the first thing I would say is that was extremely important legislation. Right. Yeah. Maybe.
0: Um, maybe for those who don't know it, maybe you could go into like some of the things that it, it clarified and 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 you know why right to know is important.
1: Yes. So um, you know, one of the the main I think the main thing main tenets I think that you know it's really I'm going to do a high level high level summary here without pulling up my my notes here yeah, is that yeah. it really kind of it really kind of you know speaks to the interaction of. Police officers with with their citizens, right, and and what it speaks to is that you have a you need you you have a right to know, right, like kind of like the title says, to know who is stopping you, why they are stopping you, um, and what your and what your possible recourse might be should you not be comfortable with what happened during your stops, right. right. It also speaks to um, making sure that um, there is uh, um, informed consent uh, for any, any searches that might, uh, happen. Um, and then the, the later half of the legislation is, is really aimed at, you know, helping the council to provide oversight, to understand who's being stopped and and why. Right. Yeah,
0: it it was, uh, it was, uh, definitely a a long fought battle. And, and, uh, you know, I'm really, I'm really proud of, of the work we did collaboratively on that. Um, you know, so maybe tell us a little bit about the uh, the campaigns you worked on. Didn't you work on Judge Bogan's campaign a bit as well? I did.
1: I did. Yeah, I worked on um, I worked on Judge Bogan's uh, campaign um, to help her get uh, reelected to her city court seat. Um, I also worked on um, Judge Carol uh campaign. Uh, maybe not too popular with some of my uh, Democratic colleagues, um, but um, I have a lot of love for that woman in my heart um i worked for her when i was in law school um and you know uh while i was in law school i didn't really go back home uh very much and uh she was you know extremely kind to me and you know opened up her home to me uh and allowed me to come over you know for for you know i think thanksgiving was maybe the first time um and uh you know we kind of made it uh, a habit uh of doing holidays you know with her and you know after that and i think my i think my yeah my mom and my grandmother um, before my grandmother passed, they at my law school graduation actually stayed at her house, right? So, right. you know, when she came, you know, asked me, you know, for for help for a campaign, of course, right? You're like you got it. Yeah, um, yeah, I worked on her campaign, um, and then I worked. Then I worked on Judge Bogan's campaign, uh, and then I uh, then I got involved uh, helping um, Counselor Green um, with with his two campaigns.
0: So what are, what are some of the things that resonate with you most about those campaigns, some things maybe you've you've uh, taken in about Syracuse politics or or about the, uh, you know, uh, lessons learned from from being engaged in those campaigns?
1: Hmm. Well, you know, what I would say is that it's campaigning is harder than anybody could possibly imagine. Right. It, it really seems like it's an easy endeavor. Okay, yeah, you just run. Oh man, it's it's not it's really not that easy. You know, any, anywhere from, you know, talking about raising the money, right? Cause I, you know, I've, I've helped plan and throw events, right? Um, you know, I, I have passed out literature, I've kind of plotted where, you know, people need to go. Um, but I guess one thing I, I would really say is that, you know, because of, at least pre-COVID, you got a lot of contact <laughs> with voters, and, you know, I would say that, you know, as difficult as it can be in partisan times that people are fundamentally decent, right? And, you know, I, again, like I, I helped Judge Kerry Luna, so I, I knock on a lot of, you know, doors with people that I did not agree with. Right. Um, and, you know, people are fundamentally decent. And... You know i really hope at, at at some point we can kind of get back to that decency and kind of take some of the rancor out out of you know out of out of politics because it, it especially on this local level it's not about right the the usual partisan bickering right we're talking about what can we do for where we live right, right. How, do we, how do how do we advance our community right and, and it you really get a sense that it is our community um, when you're out there knocking doors.
0: Yep, absolutely. I love it. So, just speaking of your um, your uh, the the uh, counselor there, who's uh, who became your friend and and whose campaign you are in, he just announced uh, yesterday that he he plans to throw his hat in the ring for the mayor's race. Uh, you'll you'll definitely have your own race to run. Um, uh you, you'll be running in this next cycle as well any thoughts about uh counselor green's mayoral run you plan on working on his campaign at all or will you think you would be too too focused on i think your race is going to be competitive as well so i mean just yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people have are it, it seems like a lot of for some reason like the i think it's the trump effect has taken like two or three years to really settle in like it just seems like this cycle it's like i'm just getting emails from people all the time like i want to run for office like wow cool man everybody's everybody's yeah. right
1: now, man it, you know i would i, I would say that the, the more the merrier right you know uh democracy is is messy um but i think the the more choices that people have right i, I definitely don't think that that's a bad thing um but I, I will certainly be focusing on my my own race right you know i i wish Councillor green you know he's a good friend of mine i wish him a ton of luck and, and success, um, but you know, I really have to focus on you know what I'm what I'm doing this cycle, um, which will be which will be new for me, right? Because I'm used to kind of you know sitting behind the scenes and and kind of you know and planning strategy and things like that, and not necessarily having to be the person who's having you know to carry the water and you know a- avoid uncomfortable uh, questions, <laughs> right? Um, you know when they arise.
0: Whole different ball of wax, baby, man. This this is a, a different gig, but I'm sure you're gonna you're gonna take to it like a fish to water. Um, so how how about this this past uh, election cycle? Anything that's resonating with you uh, from the national scene or any races across the country? Things that you know you've taken note of? Thoughts thoughts about the current state of you know national politics and how that translates locally?
1: Ooh, man, that's uh, speaking of tough questions. That's that's, uh, that's a mm, that's a doozy. You know, I, I think one thing that I, I, would, I would really say that, that was interesting to me is that, you know, kind of in this, you know, the, the more norm, normal politics before Trump, there really was this, you know, this, very, this great tension, I think, between the progressive wing of the Democratic Party uh, and the more moderate or you know, centrist ring, ring um, wing. And I really see that kind of coming back around again you know i think we've kind of gotten over the great menace uh that is trump and i, I think we'll see a little bit um more kind of intra-party stuff um mm-hmm. but it, that kind of leads me to my point is that you know one thing that was interesting in, in the results uh nationally and kind of across the country in a lot of house races is that you know the same playbook right did not work everywhere right you know um you know a lot of times i think there's there's a a wish for democratic politics to be more homogenous right for us all to kind of say the same things and you know toe the party line but I, I think whether whether you want that to be more progressive or you want that to be more moderate i think the results of of this of this election has shown that you know what democrats need um you know especially uh, in, in a race such as for the house for a house seat is a as a message that is specifically tailored um to that district right. right you know um you know like for example is is onondaga county the best place to run an, an extremely progressive um you know a message yeah i mean i, I don't really know i mean the, re, the, re, the election results don't necessarily seem to um say that and that's not to say that i you know i'm somehow i don't believe in you know progressive you know policies you know but i, I think there's something to be said that those policies will never get enacted if, if you don't have somebody that can that you, that can win and that you can, I don't know, it's like force but then get to say, okay, Hey, you know, you're in there. Let's go. Right. Like, that's, that's it to
0: me. You know, I think, I think a lot of it is, is uh, particularly, you know, in delivery and connection with the voters, you know, I I think that, you know, really that um, concepts like single payer healthcare or, or, um, uh, you know, climate change and some of those issues are things that can resonate with voters and you can win elections with them, you know, or whatever you deem progressive politics. Um, but I think it's in the delivery. And, and Sam Harris has had a really interesting thing recently about, um, you know, the appeal of Trump being a complete uh, lack of judgment. You know, like it feels like, you know, people always feel like those you know, particularly progressives or whatever are like, you've got it wrong and I'm judging you. And there's this kind of, you know, And Trump is just like, hey man, you want to eat a Big Mac? Eat a Big Mac. Do whatever you want. You want to say this or that, you know. And uh, not to say that that's like, oh, we should take a page out of that book or whatever. But I do think there's something about. um, To me, I I I, I often get like, you know, I mean, you know, there's a lot of progressive politicians to me who are like still people that um, I'd love to, you know, go to go to a cute basketball game with or hang out, and and they kind of have that you know, I'm not, not to reduce politics to that. You want to have a beer with them thing, but you know, there is for the, for, to win over the larger public, you know, the, the the group at large, I think people need to feel that you're not looking down and and kind of, you know, full of that judgment, you know? So I I think it's like, for me right now, progressive politics, I really think it's, it's a matter of kind of translating that to a working class, every you know, everyday American kind of. Because I don't think the two are mutually exclusive. I don't think you can. I, I know a lot of people who can, you know, who can walk that line with both of them. They they can believe in climate change. They can, you know, believe in single payer healthcare and, and not have that kind of you know, um, that kind of uh, instilled belief that there's their way is the only right way. You know.
1: Sure, and you know, especially especially. know in today's day and age right you know i think and that's what i kind of meant by taking the temperature down out of the room right Is, is is finding a way to connect with people because i think that's you know again taking it back to lawyering right you know when i'm across the aisle you know from a da we have completely different objectives right right completely different objectives their 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 job is to you know try and hold my client responsible for something they are alleged to have committed, and my job is to lessen the effect of that and/or not have them held accountable at all, right? Um, but you can we can still meet, you know, in the middle based on how how it is that I, I am presenting my case to them, right? If I just am I pounding the table every day in day out, taking every every single argument to the mat every single time. You know, like gets tired, it gets old and you, you, you find that you have less success when you're doing things like that. Um, but on the other hand, if you're willing to listen. Right. You know, and, and I'm, by by no means am I, am I saying that, you know, you, you got to compromise your values. Right. But, you know, an open ear, you know, and, and some understanding really goes a long way A lot of times to um, showing somebody your humanity and, and bring them over to your side. Right? Like if you can get people just to understand, like, hey, I am just a person and this is what I think is best. Right. This is what you know, this is what I think is best. What do you think is best? Oh, okay. You know, how can we how can we bridge that gap? Maybe you can't, right? Like, but at least you know, you both left that conversation with your dignity intact. And nobody, you know, feels like you know that that they should necessarily be ashamed of. Yourself. Now, let's time out there, right? Because there are certain topics of which, you know, if you hold an alternative view from me, then you know, <laughs> right? Yeah, it is what it is, right? But you know, there are there are areas in which, um, you know, some of that compromise and and you know and understanding can be had.
0: Yeah. So, some. Um, how, how are you coping with uh, with the COVID situation? What are your thoughts about you know, oh, this COVID world, how are you doing personally? And how do you feel, you know, um, we're, we're, we're going to be able to, you know, thoughts on, on people coping, you know, politically and, and economically, everything that's going on right now.
1: Well, politically, it's a bit of a nightmare, right? You know, uh politics without people and connection is, is <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, that's, it's, that's essentially what this game is about is, 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 yeah. is connection. Um, you know, I, personally personally uh, I, i'm kind of struggling right you know i'm not ashamed to say that yeah um, you know uh, it's 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 difficult right like you know um being a solo attorney right having my own you know my you know own law practice i, I don't have you know people in my office right it's literally just me i don't have, even have an assistant or a paralegal at this point so you know whether i'm whether i'm here or i'm in the office not really connecting with anybody right i don't really see anyone it's it's really just me and it it used to be the case that you know you go to court and you know you would all you'd be in the you know the waiting rooms and you know you get to you know you know hang out with folks and you know chew the fat and you know hey what's going on little back slapping good to see you know right all that kind of stuff um and now i just really don't don't get any of that and with the you know the other social outlets, right? You know, I e the bars <laughs> um, being closed down. Um, you know, it, it, what do you what do you do, right? And you know, it's not necessarily safe to you know gather in groups anymore, right? So you know, it, I think you know towards the end of you know the summer, people really started to you know, it's, okay, well we can't go, we can't go to, to the bar really. Okay, so let's just let's just all get together. Well, it turns out that's where everybody was getting <laughs> getting the virus from, right? So, like, really, now, what do you do? Um, so it's so it's, so it's difficult. And some days, some days, some days it's fine, right? I wake up and I'm like, okay, great, cool, sweet. Other days, you know, I, I wake up and I just plop down on the couch, and it's extremely hard um, to do anything, really. Yeah, so, you know, maybe I'll cut on the TV and doom stare at CNN for a while, but. You know, scroll through Facebook a million times, but,
0: you well, know. You, so. s- you sent me a track the other day. The only way I've been able to stay sane is is playing some music, man, hopping on my drum kit and strumming some guitars and some keyboards and, you know. And that track yeah. was good.
1: Send me some more. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've been, been working on a few tunes here and there, um, you know, trying to get back into it as we speak, you know. Yeah, some good stuff.
0: So let's do. Uh, let's do uh, to wrap up. We'll do some. We'll do some fun stuff. Okay. Uh, favorite SU sport and favorite athlete. They don't have to be from the same. The same. It doesn't have to be the athlete from the sport you like. But what's your what's your uh, favorite Q's games to attend and uh, you
1: know some of those thoughts? Well, interesting. So my favorite Q's games to attend are Syracuse lacrosse games. Wow. Um, yeah i mean don't, don't get me wrong i mean I, I go to all i mean i go to pretty much everything you know when we could football basketball um lacrosse um i love them all but i i have a strong 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 affinity for lacrosse Did um, you play? yeah i played a little bit surprisingly enough uh, and down in georgia nonetheless um my little brother is actually uh he's a lacrosse coach uh and very into lacrosse himself um uh, but when we were obviously much younger uh, he was playing at a, at a Kennesaw State University on a club team and had played in high school. And, you know, he's like, yeah, I think you guys have a, you guys, you guys have a club team, don't you? And I was like, yeah, I think so. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to jo- join the, lacros- the lacrosse team and join the team and, and picked it up. Um, but we, you know, we always kind of had this you know connection to Syracuse. And uh, once I started playing, I really, really, really um, just kind of honed in on, on Syracuse. Um, and so, uh, the Syracuse lacrosse definitely has a uh, special place in my heart. Um, if I had to say, like, are we, are we saying like favorite ath- uh, SU athlete ever? Currently, uh, what yeah, are we? How,
0: about, how about one of each? Ever and and uh, in in recent years.
1: Well, ever is definitely got to be Jim Brown, right? Like, I don't know, I don't know how how it's not that guy football and lacrosse, right? Like, you know, Andy Black, right? Come on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <I> always- <laughs> I always think of the wire, uh, where, where Omar meets Bunk. He's like, You're the first brother I ever saw with, with a stick. What's that game? Yeah. Playing lacrosse. Yeah.
1: Oh my Jim, god. Jim awesome. Brown was
0: doing it. Jim Brown was doing it long before Bunk.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, you know, currently, oh man, that one, that one's that one's tough. Right. I don't I don't I don't really know. I, I would I would say, you know, I don't know that I have any any current favorites per se. Um, I was real high on Eric Dungey when he was here, um, yeah. you know, and clearly we could have used his help this last year. Um, uh, but I also got man, I Some of these freshmen, man, on the basketball team are looking fantastic. Right. Oh, man. Yeah. We're looking pretty good. Looking looking forward to the game tonight.
0: Fingers crossed, baby um favorite syracuse restaurant uh favorite syracuse bar Ooh, you favorite don't to, syracuse. you don't have to say necessarily one you can do one or two if, if it's a tie or whatever
1: sure I, I mean i'd probably say my my favorite syracuse bar is definitely al's um you know you can't you can't beat the ambience in there obviously when it was i, I kind of liked it better during covid right because it really wasn't <laughs> when they were open it wasn't ever that packed right you could actually get a seat in there right it was nice and you know, calm. Um, my favorite Syracuse restaurant. You actually, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to go at Riley's. Right. Nice. nice. Yeah. Nice. little little hidden gym, uh, up here yeah. on the north side. Right. That's, um, that's that's go ahead in the know. Yeah. And like, you know, that's certainly not one that, you know, I'm going to every day or anything like that. Um, yeah. but it's, it's also certainly when you do go, it's always, it's always very, very, very good. Um, and I'd be remiss if I, if I didn't give a, a quick shout out to, um, Beer Belly Deli, um, over there on, on Westcott. Um, yeah. that's another good one, uh, run by my good friend, uh, Lauren Montfort, um, he's an awesome attorney. Um, anybody has the opportunity to order from there, highly recommend it.
0: Nice. Yeah. Great shouts with both of those, man. Riley's was like my, uh, that was my spot. My dad used to take me like, you know, high school or whatever we used to go and you know during the day you could get like a you know fish and a few veg just amazing well-cooked you know seafood with like great veggies and you know the the lunch menu was like you know half the price of the dinner menu but just yeah. you know it's delicious and then the oh, the desserts
1: riley's is the one man i love <laughs> it
0: and it always has like a very political vibe to it too like because there's always, yeah. there's always political yeah, and- almost
1: always a politician in there for
0: sure <laughs> it's got got that you know that big oak wooden vibe like you know it's like a big I love it man and then uh last one how about um you know some a few favorite albums um of all time and, and a few favorites of, of recent
1: year oh come on Joe you can't do that <laughs> you cannot do that um okay so,
0: give us give us a cross section of some big well, ones
1: yeah i mean that's the thing you know i listen to i listen to all kinds of music you know um and 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 being a dj and things like that it's it's really hard for me to like really 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 like you know narrow down but uh, i'm gonna do my best here and, and off the cuff i mean even though i'm sitting right here i could pull up my spotify i'm gonna try <laughs> and do it off the cuff. so i gotta say maybe of maybe of all time Michael Jackson off the wall.
0: Mm.
1: I mean, again, I'm yeah. just I'm just throwing them out there because I don't know if that's actually true, but that's a real good yeah. one that comes to mind, right? That's a real yeah. good one.
0: Hit it off the top of the head, whatever it comes. Um, to
1: let's see. Uh, outcast, Equimini.
0: I, I knew that was going to make it. I had a strong suspicion that your ATL was going to come out.
1: Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Man, that one's hard. And you know, interestingly enough, I first heard I first heard that uh, when I was in, in Illinois still. Um, and I started, I started rocking that way back then. And, and then it wasn't until I moved to Atlanta that I actually start, started to understand what they were talking about, right? There, yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on in that, on that, on that CD that you got to kind of know what's going on. Yeah. Um, let's see, uh, let's see, if you're gonna, if you're gonna pick a more like rock type album, ugh, maybe a very obscure band, but cursive. Uh, they got an album called Domestica. fantastic um yeah i don't know let's leave it at that because i could just i could just go on naming naming fantastic albums
0: uh <laughs> yeah no that's a good that's a good cross section a little I, i'm glad to hear Quem and i made it that's definitely one of my one of my top 10 buttes. so brother thank you for joining me and, and chatting it up uh anything you anything you want to say as we as we wrap
1: up uh, well, you know, I actually, I, mean, I would say, you know, thank you very much Joe for having me and, uh, you know, give me this platform to try and let some people know a little bit more uh, about me. Uh, I know us politicians and other political figures can kind of be kind of obscure in a lot of people's minds. So it's nice to have um, this opportunity to talk to people and especially in a uh, a nice conversational style where, you know, I'm not necessarily trying to sell anyone. Right. Um, but I will also pivot on that point
0: <laughs> and,
1: and state that you know I, I do intend uh, to seek re-election uh, to the seat. Um, so you know um, I will plan on working on that. Um, and that uh, if anybody is you know interested in learning a little bit more about me, I don't have a website and stuff set up yet. But you know reach out to me on Facebook. Um, I'm very you know receptive, I'm happy to answer any questions anybody might have. Um, And I look forward to, you know, really doing my best for the city. Um, Whether or not I win re-election or not, you know, I'm there for a year. And I think a lot can be accomplished in a year. Um, I really look forward to, you know, attempting to help strengthen uh, the Common Council, right? Like that's really one of my goals is from an institutional standpoint to make sure that we are not only running uh, the best way that we can be, but that the Common Council has the um, respect, authority, and kind of gravitas um, that it deserves, um, you know, in, 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 in the local community.
0: Awesome, man. Great stuff. Well, everybody, Ronnie White, uh, you can check his Facebook page, Ronnie White Jr., uh, counselor at large. Um, thank you for sharing the time with me, brother. Really appreciate it. And I will be seeing you on a Zoom or as as ours is called WebEx uh, sometime in the next few days, I'm sure. Oh, actually, tomorrow, right? Yeah, okay. Tomorrow tomorrow morning, for sure. Whole bunch, whole bunch of them tomorrow. All right, brother. I'll be All right, thanks you. for having me. Thanks for having me, Ronnie. Take care, bro. All
1: right, take care.